We're on week eight. Our title this morning is, uh, I don't know why I've got this one, How to Manage Your Mouth. <laughs> this has been a hard lesson. <laughs> well, let's get on with it. I love you. <laughs> Thanks, Jace. At least that's one. You and me. Well, no, it's two. You and me, mother. You're important to me. Thank you so much. How can I repay you? You look really nice today. I like your haircut. You've done a great job. This place would not be the same without you. I'm proud of you. You are irreplaceable. Will you marry me? You've got, you got your sort out on that, haven't you? Cool. Oh, uh, we're having a baby. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it was just the way it came. It just... I hate you. You disgust me. I wish you'd never been born. You make me sick. I want a divorce. Let's just skip this bit. Oh, I mean, it's just, this is just for the sermon thing. All right, don't. <laughs> Nobody cares about you. I'll never speak to you again. Right, I'm going to ask you to do something now. We don't always often do this in church. I've seen some people do this in church. All right. Okay, you can look at the people next to you and you can stick your tongue out at them. Go on, stick your tongue out at the person next to you. Go on, brave enough. I've given you permission to do this in church. Sharon didn't need permission. She was already doing it. James talks about the tongue in chapter 3. We'll be coming to in a minute. But everybody seems to have something to say. There's quite a lot of people who want to speak their mind no matter if their mind is decent and pure or whatever it is. Now as to some statistics. I don't know who counts all this stuff up. I really don't. But here we go. The average person has 30 conversations a day. I know some people have a lot more. You'll spend one-fifth of your life talking. Deb has a bit more than that because she talks in her sleep. In, <laughs> I haven't even got that written down. <laughs> I told you this is going to be a <laughs> this is going to be a bad one for me this morning. Fancy having this one. See, I can't even manage my mouth, and I'm preaching on it. Right. <laughs> in one year, your conversations will fill 66 books of 800 pages a book. If you're a man, you speak an average of 20,000 words a day. Here we go. If you're a woman... No, I I didn't do these, okay? This is not my research, okay? I borrowed this from somewhere. Get the bowl, the water, I'll wash my hands a bit now. You ever played... You ever ever seen the programme, Play Your Cards Right? Yeah? Higher or lower? Yeah? Okay, then. Men, 20,000 words a day. I'm going to ask this group over here whether you think... That a woman, women, is a higher number or lower than 20,000? 
Hey, wisdom. Come on. Higher or lower? Higher or lower, this group? And that's the women. <laughs> okay, this one, higher or lower? I think these are kids over here. They ain't going to know, are they? Higher or lower? Can't change the card, all right? <laughs> you get nothing for a pair in this one. If you're a woman, you speak 30,000 words a day. It wasn't my stats, okay? This is... Only 10,000 in a day! You talking your sleep as well? It's like the guy who was asked, do you resent that your wife has the last word? He replied, no, I'm just glad when she gets to it. Have you ever said something you wish you hadn't? Have you ever opened your mouth and words come out and as soon as they're out, you want to drag them back? Mine was I do. No, sorry. (laughs) Sorry. No, we will get to a serious bit in a minute. So, if if everybody's got a spare room for me. (laughs) What about this saying? Sticks and stones will break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Somewhere in that saying is a blatant lie. You see, because probably everybody here has either been hurt by somebody saying something to, to them or about them, or has hurt somebody in what they've said, intentionally or unintentionally. Words are a very powerful thing. And that is why James speaks to us and says, we need to manage our tongue, our mouth, our words. We need to be in control of it. If you've got your Bibles, turn to James chapter 3. And uh, can somebody bring me a glass of water? I'm drying up down here. (laughs) Thanks, Jase. And we're going to read the first 12 verses. And I thought I'd be able to get away with a 16 font. (laughs) You see this? Everybody else has an iPad. I've got a notepad. 16 font and I still can't read it. Any any gin in that? (laughs) Maybe. Maybe. Thank you. Not many of you should become teachers. <laughs> yes, yeah. My fellow believers, because you know that who teaches will be judged more strictly. This is getting better. I think I'll finish now while I'm ahead. We all stumble in many ways. Anyone who's never at fault in what they say is perfect, able to keep their whole body in check. When we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal. Or take ships as an example. Although they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. 
Neil will deny that when he sees me sailing. I've been on Neil's boat and he doesn't actually go where you want it to go. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue also is a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body, sets the whole course of one's life on fire, and is itself set on fire by hell. All kinds of animals, birds, reptiles and sea creatures are being tamed and have been tamed by mankind. But no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil, full of deadly poison. With the tongue we praise our Lord and Father, and with it we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth comes praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers and sisters, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. We need to manage our mouths. We need to take control. Why? Why do we need to, to manage our mouths? Firstly, our words direct us where we go. Secondly, our words can destroy us and those around us. And our words display who we are. In verses 3 and 4 of that chapter we just read, it says, When we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal. Or take ships as an example. Although they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder, wherever the pilot wants to go. Our words direct us where we go. Same as a bit or a rudder will direct and guide a horse or a ship. So what about our life journey? What about our Christian journey? In our direction that we're taking. You know, we started out our Christian walk with words. In Romans 10... It says this, If you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. You see, when you became a Christian, you firstly believed in your heart and then you confessed it with your mouth. You said it out loud. Whatever it was, whether it was in a prayer uh, or whatever it was, or whether it was just telling somebody else, we started our Christian journey with words. And if you're here this morning and you're looking at this Christian life and wanting to know this Jesus in a personal way, those are the verses you need. You believe it in your heart that Jesus is Lord and you speak it out. And you know what somebody says, when somebody says you believe it in your heart, you believe it with everything you've got. That's what it means by believing in your heart. That without a doubt, you know. Nathan believed with all his heart that Lewis Hamilton's going to win the championship again this year. I'm going to slash his tyres, that'll sort it out. 
confess with, a heart, with, with, with your mouth what you believe in your heart. Our words direct our lives. We need to be careful and watchful in what we say. Not just in our Christian walk, but in every aspect of our lives. Words have tremendous influence and control over our lives. Where are you headed? Where are you heading in life? Where are you going to be ten years from now? Then look at your conversations. Look at what you're talking about. You see, we shape our words, but also our words shape us. James says the tongue is small, it's tiny. And because it's tiny, we think it's insignificant. But it has tremendous power. And you can look around the world today and you will see people who use words. And they use words to persuade other people. And it's not always for good. You see, our tongue is the steering wheel of our life. It is our guidance system. And if you don't like the direction you're heading in, change the way you talk. Change the way you talk. Change your conversation. Many people think that uh, if the tongue is such a bad influence, you shan't say anything at all. We'll just stay silent. Best to say nothing. There was a guy, and I don't know whether this is true or not, <laughs> it's something else I picked up, but I don't know whether it's true, joined a Trappist monastery. And for three years he was given a trial period where he was not allowed to speak. But at the end of each year, he could say two words. At the end of the first year, his two words were, dead hard. At the end of the second year, he said, food, cold. And when it came to the end of the third year, he says, I quit. And the priest says to him, he says, doesn't surprise me at all. All you've done since you've been here is moan. <laughs> James says that my tongue directs where I go. So I've got to learn to control it. Our words can destroy us and those around us. A word out of your mouth may seem of no account, but it can accomplish nearly anything or destroy it. Gossip, backbiting, bad-mouthing, lies, discouragement, unbelief, negativity. These not only affect others, they affect us. Whether we're on the end, receiving end of it or whether we're saying it. There's a story of a woman in an Indian village who maliciously gossiped about another lady and her family in the village. One day she found out that she was wrong about this lady and her family and had a change of heart. She went to the village's wise man and asked how she could take back all the wrong that she had done. The wise man told her, go home, 
kill all your chickens and pluck their feathers and put them in a bag. After this, come back and see me. And on the way back, scatter the feathers as you're walking back. The lady did as she was told. When she got back to the man, he told her, now go back and pick up all the feathers that you've scattered. The woman was astonished at such a command and said, but by now, the wind has taken them. They'll be all over the village and now at the other side and they'll be gone. The wise man then told her, and so it is with your careless words. They are like the feathers scattered in the wind. You can't retrieve them. Without the woman whose heart was broken because of the words she had spoken, went away, determined that that day forward to watch her words. Paul tells us in Ephesians, don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that you will be an encouragement to those who hear them. Our words display who we are. With the tongue, we praise our Lord and Father and with it we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same... Did that change? I knew this wasn't going to work. <laughs> Thank you, Martin. As if by magic. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers and sisters, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. This is true. I knew a guy I used to work with, and he always used to say, or one of you, he always used to come out with quips, and one of the things he used to say was, keep your mouth shut and let them just think you're an idiot. Or don't keep your mouth shut and prove without all reasonable doubt that you are an idiot. In Luke, he says, a good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart. And an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. You see, if you've got a problem with your tongue, it's more serious than that. You've got a problem with the heart. A person with a harsh tongue has an angrier heart. A person with a negative tongue has a fearful heart. A person with an overactive tongue has an unsettled heart. A person with a boasting tongue has an insecure heart. A person with a filthy tongue has an impure heart. A person who is critical all the time has a bitter heart. On the other hand, a person who is always encouraging has a happy heart. A person who speaks gently has a loving heart. A person who speaks truthfully has an has a honest heart. I can't even say that. Has an honest heart. <laughs> I should have rewritten that one. Sophia, this works now.
Just a summary then. Our words direct where we go. Our words can destroy us and those around us. Our words can display who we are. So how do we manage our mouths? James says, anyone who is never at fault in what they say is perfect, able to keep their whole body in check. I'm just looking around. No perfect people. I already checked in the mirror. Not one in there, neither. So what do we need to do? Get a new heart. You see, if we've reached that point, when we looked at that passage in Romans, where we have believed in our hearts and confessed with our mouths that Jesus is Lord, we have a new heart. But more than that, we have a fresh start. We are new creations. Paul writes in Corinthians, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ... The new creation has come. The old has gone. The new is here. You see, when God looks at us, he looks at us from the new birth. He looks at us from when we were born again. He looks at us from when we said, Jesus is Lord. I believe that in my heart. Everything before that has gone. We're the only ones who remember that. We're the only ones who remember our lives before we were Christians. Before we made Jesus Lord of our lives. The new has come. We have new hearts. Ask God for help. The psalmist says, Set a guard over my mouth, Lord. Keep watch over the door of my lips. James says that it's impossible for humans to control the tongue. We need some supernatural power. We need to ask God for help daily because we need his power in our lives. Getting into God's word is a part of asking God for help. As we ask him for help, we need to read his word. Here's the thing it says about computers. I haven't heard it recently, but when, when, you know, when the first come out and what have you, it used to say, garbage in, garbage out. Basically, whatever you program into a computer, that's what's coming out. And you just love it when we blame computers. I don't know what we've done to them. Let's fill our minds with God's word you see because what goes into our minds goes into our hearts and what goes into our hearts comes out of our mouths in Philippians it says finally brothers and sisters whatever is true whatever is noble whatever is right whatever is pure whatever is lovely whatever is admirable if anything is excellent or praiseworthy think about such things and if we're thinking about such things guess what we're talking about In Deuteronomy it says, man does not live on bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Why do we need to do that? What's what's the point of that? Because we need to know daily, and to remind ourselves daily, that we are children of the Most High. We're his children. We're his beloved. He loves us. We need to know that we're joint heirs with Jesus Christ. We need to know that when we face life's trials, that we are overcomers and conquerors. In actual fact, it says we're more than conquerors. We need to know to encourage one another, to love one another, to serve one another. We need to know that we're there to comfort. Have you ever realised, when you go and comfort somebody, or encourage somebody... Or do something for somebody that's good. Don't you feel good yourself? 
Don't you feel encouraged yourself? Don't you feel comforted yourself? See, we need to know what God says about us. We need to be into his word. It's not just positive thinking. This is what God is thinking about us. There are practical help. Think before we speak. I've slipped up on that a couple of times this morning. In James chapter 1 and verse 19, it says, My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. What's James saying? Think before you speak. Put your brain in gear before your mouth starts running away with yourself. So, let's get a new heart. Ask God for help. Think before we speak. Now, we've already said we're not perfect. So what happens when we make mistakes? What happens when we say something we shouldn't say? We do something we shouldn't do. We're not encouraging. When we spout off discouragement or unbelief or negativity. When we hurt somebody with our words. In 1 John 1, 8, 9 it says this. If we claim that we're free of sin, we're only fooling ourselves. A claim like that is errant nonsense. On the other hand, if we admit our sins, make a clean breath of them, he won't let us down. Is that playing? Sorry, I can hear music. Sorry, I've got a video coming up that's got music on it. I'm just... (laughs) No, okay, that's fine. On the other hand, if we admit our sins, make a clean breast of them, he won't let us down. He'll be true to himself. He'll forgive our sins and purge us of all wrongdoing. Can I just say, don't beat yourself up about it. Do that straight away. Soon as you realise, put it right with God. We can all moat round and go, oh, I've done something so terrible. God knows, right? You know, probably others know. But get yourself straight. Right? He won't let us down. He'll be true to himself. He'll forgive our sins and purge us of all wrongdoing. Now, there might be something afterwards you might have to go and do. You might have to go and speak to somebody. You might have to go and put something right. Or you might have to go and apologise. You see, the moment we beat ourselves up about it, what happens is we then start being ineffective for God. We start being ineffective in what God's calling us to do. That's why he tells us to do that. That was written to Christians. Put it right. As soon as you realise, no matter how bad you feel, put it right. Straight away with God. And if you have to do something else after that, do it and get it done as soon as possible. We're just going to finish with a song by a chap called Hawk Nelson called Words. I'm not singing it, it's going to come up on there. Some of the lyrics. They've made me feel like a prisoner. They've made me feel set free. They've made me feel like a criminal. Made me feel like a king. 
They've lifted my heart to places I've never been. They've dragged me back down to where I began. Words can build you up. Words can break you down. Start a fire in your heart or put it out. Let my words be life. Let my words be truth. I don't want to say a word unless it points the world back to you.